want that book, I'm going to answer it. Nothing. <laughs> Amen. Nothing wrong with that. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. It's a blessing. Well, this morning, time of message is this. What is your decision? You know, sometimes we don't like making decisions. My wife sometimes says to me, what do you want for supper? I say, food. She says, well, what do you want? I go, I don't care. Just feed me. Amen. I sometimes don't like making decisions. I go in and look at something at the store, and uh, I'll look and I'll look, and she'll say, well, make up your mind. I go, I'm having a hard time doing that because I have a hard time sometimes. Anybody else like that? Uh, yeah, about, about two or three of you. Okay, good. And I have a time. If ever I want to buy a gun, you know what I do? I take my wife with me. You say, why? Because I'm going, I don't know. No. She goes, oh, go ahead and get it. I love her. Isn't that a wonderful woman? And, uh, you know, she helps me make up my mind there. And, uh, but when I go in the craft store with her, I don't say the same thing. I go, you don't need that. You don't need that. But anyways, but, you know, decisions have to be made. We all have to make decisions in life. You made a decision to come to church this morning. And by the way, I believe it was a good decision. But a lot of decisions and decision had to be made here. And the question is, what is your decision? Let's ask God to help us. Father, oh, we pray again, speak to our hearts. Lord, help us. Oh, please help us be tender to the things of God. I pray all of us would search our soul today. And Lord, if there's somebody here not saved today, save them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a painting entitled Christ Before Pilate. And I, I was looking at that, uh, looked it up and, and saw that painting. And there was Pilate on a, on a throne and there was Jesus standing before him. And, there, and his idea of what Jesus looked like. I don't think he looked like a hippie. But uh, it kind of, they had Jesus who was supposed to be Jesus in front of them. And there's a crowd of people all around behind him there. And, and uh, I thought it was rather interesting, the portrayal. But yet, I thought, you know, that artist, and I don't even know who the artist was, but he had it right. He put the king there or, or, or Pilate there, and then he puts Jesus as calm as can be. You see the crowd going crazy. And I thought, you know, that's exactly what was happening that day. Now, I know it was just a painting. That man didn't have a photograph. It's what he thought it must have looked like. But I thought, you know, he pretty much got it right. That was ha what was happening. All around our Savior, while he was so calm, was this crowd who was a rowdy crowd. They're yelling out, crucify him, crucify him. But yet Jesus was so, so calm and yet he was the one that was on trial. You would think that maybe he would be the one that would say, hey, these things that you're accusing me, and why they've arrested me. But he wasn't. He was calm. And the people were the ones that were so upset. But I have to say this, that the people were on trial too. The people were on trial. You see, one time Jesus sent officers to arrest Jesus. And then what happened was he arrested them. Oh, he didn't put handcuffs on them and arrest them and say, you're under arrest. 
But he arrested them, and the reason I say that is because of a verse I'll read to you in John chapter 7, verse 45, the Bible, and 46. It says, Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto him, Why have ye not brought him? Now think about it again. They've sent these people to go and arrest Jesus, and they, and he's, and they come back empty-handed. They said, Why didn't you do that? Listen to the next verse. He said, The officers answered, Never man spake like this man. It was like, we tried to do it, but this man spoke like nobody else ever spoke. He really arrested them. I think also, you know, when his enemies came to seize him in the garden, they came there upon him and ready to take him away. And, and what happened? Jesus spoke. And you remember what, what happened to the soldiers? They all fell backwards. A power. There they are. We're coming to get you. We'll take you. And what happened? He speaks and they fall down. <laughs> yeah. Jesus was on trial, but so were the people. And I have to believe this, Pilate was on trial that day too. He didn't realize it, but when when they brought him before Pilate, Pilate's probably thinking, Jesus is on trial, but Jesus looked and said, you know what, Pilate? You're on trial today. I think Jesus was saying, all these folks out here behind me, they're on trial today. He said, what trial was about? What are you going to do about Jesus? It sounded, when I read this, sounded like the crowd already made their decision. But Pilate hadn't made a decision yet. Here he is confronted by this silent prisoner that, that, he, that gave his words, that, that uh, as, as he was confronted, he gave these words in verse number 22. He said, Pilate saith unto him, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? Pilate, what a, what a big question it was. So what do I do with this Jesus here? What do I do with this one called Christ? He's asking for an answer to the decision that he has to make. Well, the people answer. They say crucify him. But he's confronted with this. May I say this? I believe that every man, woman, boy, and girl are confronted with the same question. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with him and you say, man, I don't want to hear it. But the thing is, everybody has asked the question. And everybody, may I say this too, everyone must answer that question. You see, the truth of the matter is, it's impossible. It's impossible to do nothing about Jesus. It's impossible to do nothing. Well, I'm not going to decide. You made a decision. How many times have you talked to people out soul winning? Well, not right now. I, I'm, I'm not going to make a decision right now. They made a decision. No. Everybody, everybody makes a decision. Pilate that day had to make a decision. The people made a decision there. Everybody must decide. And the thing is about this decision, it's not like my wife asking me what I want for supper. This is a question that determines the destiny of each person. I'm talking about the destiny not just in this life, but I'm talking about an eternal destiny. Pilate asked the question. He said, art thou the king? Art thou the king? I go back to John chapter 18. The gospels tell us different parts of the story. In John chapter 18, I find that, that, Jesus, that, that it says Jesus in verse 36 
and verse 37, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So Pilate asked the question, Are you the king? Are you a king? I think we all know the answer. Yes, he was a king, but he was not king there on that earth at that time. He was a king. His kingdom was not yet, but he was the king. And then he asked the question in John 18, 38. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Do you know why they found no fault in him? Because there was no fault in him. If they had the best x-ray machines in the world, they still couldn't find any fault in him. He was perfect. He was God in the flesh. So no doubt Pilate was mixed up. He's like, what? You're a king, but you're not. Your kingdom is not here. And the people had had him brought in, had him arrested. And he's probably thinking, you know, I, I just don't understand this stuff. Pilate was getting something evidently he didn't hear before. You know, it's sad when people don't know about Jesus. It's sad when people don't know how to go to heaven, how sad it is. But I'm thinking about Pilate, how mixed up he was. You know, Pilate had many Greek philosophers around him, and I'm sure they came around, and he would say, come, tell me, give me some philosophies about life. And the Greek philosopher would tell him philosophies about life, but yet they did not tell him about Jesus. The Roman lawyers would come, and many others would come and try and tell him what is truth. And they came and gave their ideas of what that was. And so Pilate, he's so mixed up and, 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 and not knowing what to believe. And I'm thinking, you know what, that sounds like America today. It sounds like our boys and girls in America today. So mixed up. I mean, it's very evident now. I've been saying for a long time, but I believe it's very evident now. As we look at our young people now, they're trying to get them more mixed up. Where little boys don't know if they're a boy or a girl or an it. They don't know. Little girls, they don't know what they are trying to get them. They're so mixed up. They've heard all this stuff being taught to them in our school system and, and taught them about themselves and that you are the one. And they're leaving Christ out. They took him out of, our, out of our schools, but before they took him out of the schools, I think our homes let him out. Our churches did too. And now we have is that song was just sung about all the new versions today. Let me tell you something. What they all do, they take away from the deity of Christ. No wonder we're mixed up in our world today. No wonder. And I believe that Pilate was mixed up. Here's Pilate. He's faced with a decision. He's standing before the one who is truth. He asks, what is truth? And it's like, open your eyes, man. He's right there. He's right in front of you. He is truth. And so he's faced with a decision. A decision to make was this. Do I release Barabbas? Or do I release Jesus? And what a difference between the two. Barabbas was a horrible man. 
He was, he was, he was somebody that was arrested. He was, he was in prison because of what he did. And then there was Jesus who never did anything wrong. The perfect Savior, the Lamb of God, the Lamb without spot, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Pilate is faced with the decision, Jesus or Barabbas, or I should say this, Jesus or disbelief. Our homes, our hearts, our schools, our churches today are filled with disbelief. People say, well, what's truth? Have you ever heard people say, how do you know you're going to heaven? You have the truth, the word of God. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you might know that you have eternal life. Jesus said, I give you eternal life. I don't. He didn't say, I give you temporary life. And I'm thinking, you know, there's so much disbelief today. You find people, and I go solo, and I, I ask them, uh, you know, I tell them who I am, where I'm from. I said, you go to church anywhere? And many times people say, oh, yes, I do. And then I like to ask them, what's the name of your church or what church you go to? And they don't know. I don't think they're going very often. But they go, yes, I go to church. I'm on the board, and I teach a class, and I play an instrument, and I got all these different things they do. And then I ask them, if you die today, do you know you go to heaven? And they go, I don't know. I don't know if you can know that. And I've had some say, you can't know. The truth says you can know. And Jesus is the only way. There's really no excuse for the disbelief because Jesus is truth. And I have to say this, the truth has been made known. It's not a secret. He's the truth. And so the Lord made a fair proposition to us all. I believe that he will prove himself if we'll take him on his own terms. And I came to Jesus realizing I was a sinner and I needed a Savior and I put my faith and trust in him. And you know what? It works. And you know what? When I got saved, the Lord proved himself to me. You know how many times I pray, God answers prayer. How many times I look at my life and we were, we, my wife, we talk about stuff all the time. That's what husbands and wives do, you know. It's not always, what do you want for supper, all right? So it is, sometimes we talk about other things, too. But we, we talk about, you know, how it's amazing how God worked in our lives. You know, we're coming up on 40 years here at the church, and, and uh, we, were, we were talking, it was yesterday, I think we were talking about how, that God, how God worked in our lives over these 40 years. I mean, things I thought, no way is it going to work out. You know what God has done in our life? And I think you can uh, attest to this too. If you're saved, you know that God's proved himself to you. you know, I, I, sometimes people say, yeah, I'm saved. But I'll tell you, God really let me down. God's just not there. Let me tell you something. God said, I will never leave thee fors or nor forsake thee. That means he will not leave you or forsake you. God said he is always there for you. He said, I'll supply your needs. We get mad because our wants are not taken care of. But you'll take him, if you'll take him at his word, you can know truth. And when you know truth, you can see what happens. 
I'm glad I don't wonder where we come from. I know where I came from. Amen. And I know that, and I don't sit around going, wonder where we'll go once we stop breathing. Don't wonder about it. You know why? I know where I'm going. Because I asked Christ to save me. I know to be absent from this old body is to be present with the Lord. I know where I'm going. Thank the Lord for the truth that I have today. Thank the Lord that when I look and I say, I don't see how it'll ever work out. I know the truth is there. Because he said, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. But Lord, I'm going through this deep time. God says, I'm with you all the way through there. You see what the Lord will do? He'll change the question marks into exclamation points. If we quit asking, what is truth? We must rest our soul on a person and not a philosophy. A lot of philosophies today. You know, you got these educational philosophers. You know, man, they, they ought to put them on a boat with a one-way ticket. You know what we did? We don't need more philosophers. We need more Bible preaching and Bible teaching. Truth is a whom and not a what. Man likes to say today, well, and a lot of university students will say this too, well, I have an open mind. Now, you know what, that sounds pretty good. And you know what, we ought to have an open mind. I know you think I'm crazy, right? You've always thought that. You said, open mind? Yes, I need to be open to the gospel. I need to be open to the truth. Like I said, there's some people, the truth is right there. Hey, I can tell you how to be safe. No, 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 I don't want it. They're closed to the truth. They need to open their mind to the truth. It depends on what you open your mind to. What do you think about it? You've got to open your mind to the truth and then, listen to this, then close your mind. That sounds strange, doesn't it? Close your mind. No, you close it on the truth. We all eat, don't we? What if you never closed your mouth? You know what you do? You'd starve. You say, well, man, I'm going to eat this whole plate of food. You go in there to the hog trough. What, now, what's the real name of it? Prime sirloin, sorry. You say, why do, they call it, why do you call it hog trough? Yeah, but, but you get all this food here. Just say you go in there and go, I'm not going to shut my mouth. all full you know what you're going to starve because what do you got to do you got to open and then you got to close your mouth and please let it remain closed while you chew it <laughs> amen because you imagine you know i'm not going to close my mouth you're going to put so much in it's going to start falling out and you're not going to get the nutrition from it because you got to close your mouth you know what you need to do is open your mind to the lord jesus christ and then close down upon it and say this is what i want the truth is what i want we have to look at the same way for our kids to open their minds to things of god and they might close their minds on it so when come when someone comes up to our children and says do you know what way back billions and millions of years ago there was a big bang and explosion and that's where we came from may they say my mind is closed upon that because my mind was open to the word of God sad thing many will not give the gospel a fair trial I don't believe the problem is with the head the problem is with the heart that's where it is when sin's dealt with then the skepticism is gone 
You say, preacher, why, why would a person not want to get saved? They love their sin too much. How many times people say, well, I'm just not ready yet. You, you, know, you know why they say that? Because they want, they love their sin. And you say, well, I, when, when I get ready, they don't get ready. You know, one of the songs, invitation songs is just as I am. We don't need to come here just as we are. You say, but preacher, I've got bad things in my life, and there's sin in my life, and it not not be there. And, and, and how can I come to him? You come to him as a sinner, just like every sinner ever did, came to Jesus. And what happened? When they walked away, if they'd come to him, they came away different. Sin has to be dealt with. And so Pilate asked the question, art thou the king? And then he asked the second question, had a second decision, I should say. And that was this, whether or not to let Jesus or Barabbas go. Which one? I believe our world has chosen Barabbas. So we don't want Jesus. Don't you teach our children about Jesus. You can't go soul out there. You can't go saying those things, the word of God. No, you can't hand out those Bibles anymore. And I think our world has made the decision for Barabbas. And look at our world today. You ever seen so much crime? So much hatred? So much evil? That which is good is called wrong, and that which is bad and wrong is called good? That's what's happening. Although when I say a lot of the world today go, I don't understand, it's not wrong, nothing's wrong. They don't know what God's word says. Pilate had to choose either the Christ or the criminal. He had to choose the best or the beast. Like I said, we look and we see that it's very evident that Barabbas is loose today. We see the anarchy everywhere. So sad. So sad. Thinking the answer is in something else, but the answer is not. It's in Jesus Christ. The world thinks the answer to all this anarchy is recreation. I remember some years ago in New York City, they said, well, all the crime, they said, what we need is more basketball courts. That's what we need. And you know what they did? They spent lots and lots of money building basketball courts. That's why New York City is wonderful today. That's why there's no crime there anymore. No, Basketball courts, recreation is not the answer. They say, well, you know, the answer is dedication. Yeah, I believe there's a lot of dedicated people against crime. That's not the answer. And a lot of people today think, well, it's legislation. But that's not the answer either. The answer is Jesus Christ. He's the answer. Now, I'm, not, I'm for basketball courts. I love the basketball game. I think they ought to put the hoop lower and bigger round. Amen. But that won't do it. I'm for the right legislation. That's why, you know, politics, it don't matter who's in there, there's going to be a mess. Because when you take Jesus out, man can never fill that place. 
The answer is Jesus. Here's why I say it. 2 Corinthians 5.17. You probably know it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's the answer, isn't it? That's what we need. Well, we get these kids in and we can get them in, 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 uh, in clubs. and we get, You might be able to do a little bit. You can change them. It's like taking a pig and putting a suit of clothes on them. You know what's going to happen? First mud puddle he sees? He's going to waddle in it. Waddle? What do they do? Wallow. Waddle's what I do now, all right? But they, wall, they will wallow in it. I'm sorry. They didn't teach me that in Bible college, the words for that. But you know what? Same thing. You can take a, you can take a chimpanzee and shave him and put a suit of clothes on him, but I'll tell you what, the first tree he sees, he's swinging from it. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to clean up sin. That doesn't work. It takes Jesus to make a new creature. You, know, you ever stop to think everybody's a potential criminal? The genes of crime are in everybody. Well, I would never do that. Don't ever say you'd never do something because you could do something. You put yourself in the right situation. You put Jesus out of your life. You could do just about anything. But the only cure is Jesus Christ. So Pilate had to decide if Jesus was the king. He had to decide whether to let Jesus or Barabbas go. But his third decision was this. Was, Christ, was it Christ or Caesar? You know, the crowd said, if you let Jesus go, you're not a friend of Caesar. Listen to this, John 19, 12, and then verse 15. And from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, if thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. When I speak of Caesar, it doesn't mean just a ruler or government. It's the political, social, educational, religious setup of the world. You know, we as Christians are a minority in this world. We are. We're a minority in this world. And 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 we're living in a pagan land today, and I'm afraid that America has sold out to Caesar instead of Jesus Christ. And you know what happens? We go the way of the decadent Rome. The choice is the same today. Are you a friend of Christ or Caesar? Now get this. You can't be both. You can't be both. The choice is the same choice for us. as The choice for us is the same as Pilate's choice. The Bible says in James chapter 4 verse 4, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, listen to this carefully, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Wow, powerful statement. In other words, there's no divided loyalty. 
know, sometimes people use the term, well, you know, they're just a worldly Christian. That should never be used. It sh- it's not right. I like what, what Billy Sunday said this, you might as well talk about a heavenly devil. So when our Lord stood before Pilate, it must have seemed like Pilate won. There he is, he's standing there before Pilate. Pilate's looking at him, the crowd saying, crucify him. He says, who do you want me to let loose? I, I'll tell you what, I'll, let, I'll let, let Barabbas loose. He's thinking, no, those people don't want him in their neighborhoods again. Or I'll, I'll let Jesus go. They said, crucify Jesus. Let Barabbas come out here. That's how defiled those people were. Putting their own families in danger because of their hatred for Christ. It seemed like when Pilate sent him away to be crucified, it seemed like Pilate won and Jesus lost. But wait a minute. Jesus didn't lose. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to lay his life down. You understand this? Pilate didn't make him lose his life. Jesus gave his life. The soldiers did not take his life. He gave his life. But you know what happened to the Roman Empire? It's gone. Caesar's gone. And yet as you drive through the United States of America, many countries today, you can go by and you'll see a building with a cross on top. He still lives. Every day that goes by on the calendar is another day in the year of our Lord. A reminder all the time. Caesar's gone. The Roman Empire's gone. But he still lives. Now the decision is ours. We can't look and watch, watch it go by. We've got to... Just, we cannot sit on the sideline. We've got to make a decision. Jesus or Barabbas. But old Pilate tried to sit on the sideline, didn't he? He said, what do you want then? Trying to get himself out of the situation. What would you want? And his wife came to him and she said, you know what, dear? You ought to leave this man alone, this Jesus. She says, you don't need to have anything to do with them because, what did she call him? She called him a just man. She had it right. So what did he do? If you have your Bible still open, look at verse number 24. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, now think about this. He he bowed to the world. He bowed to the people. But that rather a tumult was made. You know, to kind of keep things calm, what did he do? He took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See to it. He said, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and crucify him. But I'm innocent. No, sir. You're not innocent. You're as guilty as the next one. And what did he do? He called for a bowl of water to wash his hands. Let me tell you something. All the world in Rome, all the water, all the water in Rome would not wash away that guilt. All the water in the world would not wash away. All the oceans could not wash away. Water will not wash away the guilt. And there was the responsibility upon him to make a decision. He takes water, washes his hands like 
Wash my hands of it. I'm not guilty. That's why people say it. Well, I got baptized, so I'm going to heaven. You don't go to heaven because you're baptized. Well, I, I, I got, I got, I got uh, christened or baptized when I was a baby. I don't save you. Water never washed away anybody's sins. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no washbowl big enough to remove our responsibility. If we make the wrong decision about Jesus. Pilate had sold out to Caesar. And there was no way washing away his guilt. I don't know, I got a feeling after he did that, he's thinking, you know, I'll be all right, I'll be all right. I think that when he went to sleep that night, he had a hard time sleeping. He may have washed his hands, but he knew the guilt was still there. How good it is when you get saved, isn't it? The guilt is gone. Oh, hallelujah, the guilt is gone. I'm saved, I'm saved. Washed in the blood of Christ, my sins are forgiven. I don't need to worry about hell because I have Jesus and therefore I have heaven. Now my question is this. How about you? We just talked about a man who lived a long time ago, but you're here right now, every one of us, and we have a decision to make. Is it the king or not? Do you know what the truth is? Today you have to choose whether Christ or Barabbas, meaning the world. You need to choose Christ or Caesar, the political, social, educational, religious setup of the world. Don't preacher, you know, I, I just think there's many ways. Jesus said, I am the way. And what's truth? Jesus. Jesus is truth. We need to see what he had to say. So today, this morning, it's your decision. Now maybe this morning you, you could say, Preacher, you know what? I made the decision one day. I gave a testimony there a little while ago. I got saved August 11th, 1971. Just had that spiritual birthday. I told my Sunday school class, Seth sent me a, te a text that said, Happy spiritual birthday. And uh, I, I, it, just, it just made me stop and think. So I, I, I thought, how glad I am to be saved. I'm glad I made that decision almost midnight, August 11th, 1971. I made that decision and said, Lord, I need to, I'm a sinner. I'm on my way to hell. Lord, forgive me my sins. Come into my heart and save me now. Oh, I'm so glad I made that decision. Everybody has to make their own decision. My mom didn't make the decision for me. My grandmother didn't do it. Nobody else did it. Only Jesus could, only you can make that decision for Jesus. I think this morning, after hearing the message, we all know what's the right decision. And all of us this morning will make another decision. You say, well, preacher, not now. No, you're making a decision. You're saying no. I'm glad God gave me a lot of opportunities to be saved. But I had no guarantee of the next one. This morning may be the last opportunity God speaks to your heart. You say, preacher, I'm a member of the church. Being a member of our church won't take you to heaven. Well, preacher, I've been a pretty good person. Pretty good people die and go to hell. 
The only way for heaven is through Jesus Christ and his blood. What's your decision today? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for the word of God. And I pray that you would just continue to speak to our hearts. I pray that everybody in this room, there was a time in their life they accepted you as their Savior. Lord, help us if we're here today and don't know you. I pray that today we would. I'm so thankful again for my salvation. I'm sure there's many folks in this room too. I hope all could say I'm glad I'm saved. But I know I sat in church for a long time when people thought I was saved, but I knew I wasn't. And I was making the decision, no, not now. Oh, I didn't think it was a decision. But it was saying no to you every time. Thank you, Lord. One day I finally thought, I'm not saying no anymore. I realized I needed you. It's the greatest thing in all the world that ever happened. Now, Lord, speak to us in this invitation time. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, I wonder maybe if there'd be someone here this morning and say, Preacher, if I was to die, I don't know I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure I want to, but I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. Preacher, would you pray for me? I'd like to know it. I'd like to be saved this morning. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, that's me. I don't know that I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Christian this morning. You said, Preacher, I know the Lord's my Savior. Has God spoken your heart about something? Maybe somebody else needs to know. Maybe you need to confront somebody with the decision. Maybe it's somebody you need to witness to. But I think all of us this morning ought to be thanking God for the day we got saved. Don't ever forget it. Be thankful for it. And love and serve the one who saved you. In a moment, the invitation is going to be given. If you're not sure you're saved, you come and let us know. We'll show you in the Bible how to be saved. If God spoke to your heart about something, you just need to pray about it. You want to thank, come to the altar and just thank the Lord for your salvation. And that's great. You do what God says this morning. Father, I pray once again that you would bless and help us now. Speak to us in this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.